Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Pete Callender Show. I'm Pete. Welcome. Glad you're here. The phone number is 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. The email is Pete at the PeteCallenderShow.com and uh, on Twitter at Pete Callender. We were still arguing over school vouchers. Lo, these many days into the state of emergency. So this is interesting. I got a, uh, I saw the story. I think I may have re- uh, retweeted it, uh, that they blew the whistle for the last time in Canton, North Carolina today. Also, Canton, just they, they just suffered like from a, an earthquake out there. Well, they blew the whistle, not for the earthquake, but it was the final time for the mill. Remember the mill that they announced was closing? So I got this message from Tim, who owns Old Grouch's military surplus out there, and uh, he says they blew the whistle at the mill in Canton for the last time today at noon. Since 1908, that giant steam whistle has sounded over the town. I'm originally... Oh, it originally sounded to mark... uh, the shift change in a time before a lot of people had clocks of any kind, let alone alarm clocks, before there were radios, right? They would use it to call up the volunteer fire department, and it would give a code to tell you what part of town to go to. It sounded for New Year's. It sounded every day at 12 noon, so everybody could set their clocks. 20 years ago, there was a proposal to get rid of it. But everybody protested, so they kept it. But after today, the boilers go cold, so there's no more steam to power it. The town is going to get the whistle, so it will live on in some form, but the same sound that for 115 years was the sound of prosperity and hope, today gave its last long blast and sounded so mournful. It is the end of an era. In Canton. And if you've not been to Canton, um, that mill is the downtown. I mean, the, the little town is built up all around it. You drive all through the mill and around it and all this. It's, it's wild. But it is old, and the company you know, got bought and sold a couple times, and we covered it when they made the announcement, and now they're laying everybody off, and uh, there is money, by the way, that's being allocated in uh, the versions of the budget uh, at the state level in order to try to help mitigate the impacts that this closing is going to have on Canton and in the surrounding counties because it is a massive employer in that area. So thank you, Tim. I appreciate the uh, the update. I did see that they were going to be blowing the whistle, but I started the program and I just I, it, I forgot, forgot to mention it. Uh, so thank you, Tim. By the way, um, speaking of state elections, I think Braxton Winston's pl- uh, uh, campaign, rather, for uh, labor commissioner, I think it's over. I think it's already over. I may be I may be judging this a bit early, 
True. True enough. But I was watching the Charlotte City Council meeting the other uh, the other night, Monday night. I watch it, so you don't have to. You're welcome. I'm a giver. And so while watching this, there was a big presentation on uh, Project Point Break, I think it's what it's called, or Break Point. Point Break? Break Point. Point Break is the Keanu Reeves movie about surfing, so that's probably not it. It's probably Break Point, because Break Point is a tennis term, right? Yeah, I think so. It's been a while. It is, right? Okay, yeah, it is. All right, so that's probably what it is, because they're trying to lure, to woo this tennis tournament to Charlotte. And this is like a really big tennis tournament. For people in the tennis world, they're like, this is a really big deal. It's like the biggest deal besides the other bigger deals. Like the bigger deals are the Grand Slam tournaments. You know, I think that's the Wimbledon, the U.S. Open, the French Open, and the other one. So besides those, this is the this is the next biggest one. And it's going to be part of the River District project, which is something like 1,400 acres over in what I think is probably the last undeveloped part of Mecklenburg County. And I believe it's actually still in the county. I don't even think it's part of the city. Um, although they do have the control over it. Thank you, ETJBS. But whatever. The, the city council got an update on this project. And... Specifically, there is an ask, because of course there is, right? It's a public-private partnership, and we are all used to these types of deals by now in Charlotte, right? They're going to ask for a bunch of taxpayer money, which that got some people concerned. Some people who are like, hey, what about Eastland Mall? You know, the Eastland Yards redevelopment, where the mall used to be. They tore it all down, then they had like the big empty lot, and then... They tried to do, like, the transit center there, and they tried to do, well, then, like, just people in the community were doing, like, the farmer's market, flea market stuff, and then they chased them all out of there. And now they're, like, wanting to build some stuff, and then, like, Tepper Sports pulled out for they, they were going to do, like, some soccer stadium stuff over there. Then they, they, they pulled out. Um, and so there was this, there was this, this kind of uh, envy, maybe, or, or, hey, what's going on? Why, why, why are you going over there into West Mecklenburg? And when I say it's like it's like undeveloped, I don't even think they've run infrastructure out there. I mean, yes, there are some roads, but they haven't run like water, sewer stuff. There's a lot of improvements that have to get sent over into this part of the county uh, along the river. And so this is it's uh, Dixie Berry Hill area, which I'm sure they'll rename that because you can't very well have Dixie in the name of any street. My God, what are we doing? So they're talking about doing this over by the was it the Dixie Grill? It's over in that area. They've already started clearing it. I was actually out at that site a couple of weeks ago. They're, they've, they've started the clearing out for the for the project development. Well, this this tennis thing is part of that. And I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to make a prediction that the city council is going to spend our money on it. I think uh, they're under a deadline, right? which, by the way, is a negotiating tactic. You put a deadline on it. You know, this deal ends soon. Got to do that. So this way people feel the pressure, you know. Um, they're talking to other people, so we could lose out. They're, they're looking at Cincinnati. I think that's where they are now, or they are going to do yeah, I think they're going to do it in 25 or something. That's the plan. But, you know, but if you jump at the opportunity right now and you agree to all of our demands, then we'll totally give it to you. 
They are talking to other cities beyond Cincinnati, but they won't say who. All right, so that's still in the works. So they had this big presentation. They talked about it. But during this presentation, there was a comment made by one of the city staffers. I forget what her uh, – Dodson or Dobson. I I forget what her uh, position is. But um, maybe like economic development, I want to say. So she made a comment that Charlotte is becoming, if it already hasn't become, a sports and entertainment destination. We are now a city, which I know it's going to shock people who have been here for you know longer than 15, 20 years. Because I'm old enough to remember when we were all like, oh, we want to be world class. Yeah, well, check the box. We are. So now you're attracting all of these types of workers. And this... This field, this industry, there's one person on council who works in this industry. He knows a thing or two about the entertainment industry because he's, he, he shoots video and hangs lights at the, uh, various venues. It's the mayor pro tem, Braxton Winston. He of the consensus building. He of the I'm too busy as mayor pro tem to actually sit on any committees. I will just focus on running for a different office. I mean, building consensus on tough issues, which so far he really hasn't been able to do. But whatever. This is what he cleared his plate for. After, of course, he gave the you know the city council, they all gave themselves like the big fat pay raises. They're now making you know over 50K a year for the part-time job. But hey, it's, this is more than a part-time job. But we also can't get rid of the at-large elections and, and make smaller districts. So maybe it'd be less time-consuming to do the work, but whatever. Uh, big fat pay raise, clear the plate so you can focus on consensus building while not actually doing that. But the key here is that you've got more time now to run for a statewide office that is labor commissioner so he can get his photo in all of the elevators right that's the that's the key benefit of being the labor commissioner is you get your picture in all the elevators so it's like a perpetual campaign poster that everybody sees all the time cherry berry anybody she had a memorable name and her photo was in every elevator her name was in every elevator and it was fun to say and she won re-election despite the fact she was a Republican (laughs) uh, labor commissioner. So Braxton Winston, and by the way, the guy who's in the position now, Republican Josh Dobson, not running for re-election, so now there's an open seat. Braxton Winston announced that with all of his free time and extra money uh, and having solved all of the problems of Charlotte, he's going to run for labor commissioner. Okay. He said something, though, at this meeting on Monday night that I think ended his campaign. I will tell you what it is in a minute. Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? 704-570-1110-1800-WBT-1110. All right, so 
Charlotte City Councilman Braxton Winston, I believe, said something that ended his campaign. What did he say? This was at Monday's Charlotte City Council meeting. Remember, he's first got to get through a Democrat primary. And here's what he said. We are becoming a sports city, um, um, uh, really an entertainment city. Um, And as somebody who has earned their living for the past 20 years working in show business and the entertainment business um, in in Charlotte, um, sometimes we forget uh, people that work close to that. Not everybody really understands um, our industry. Um, So it's really to answer Ms. Watlington's question, the way um, workers you know, uh, t- uh, uh, benefit from this and how they, how they, how you kind of can measure it is by the ability to get more gigs, right? Um, and this is why I was against the Spectrum Center um, investment last year because it wasn't clear. Nobody presented how we were going, how that investment was going to bring more gigs um, uh, to Charlotte, right? I, I, in in 2004, I started holding cables. Um, for the Charlotte Sting in, mm-hmm. in, in, in the Coliseum off Tyvola. And this was a, a kid, you know, living from New York City, right? And I found more opportunities here in show business, an easier pathway to show business here in North Carolina, in Charlotte, because of the way it was growing and, and the gigs were growing and the ability to build those networks and start to work right now, honestly, based on being a right to work state, <laughs> um, I would not have had the same opportunities in, let's say, a Madison Square Garden. So when you have something like this, this is, is very different than, for instance, the Spectrum Center deal. Um, this is definitely bringing more gigs um, to a workforce that doesn't have to travel outside. I mean, these are thousands. Of, 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 of jobs, right? So my suggestion would be um, that we put in committee um, some type of dive into the entertainment business, show business, sports and entertainment business, because I don't think that this is something that we as a council as a whole really understand. I don't think that this is really um, um, something that as a city that we understand of, of how to explain to, to one another how this makes sense. So when we look at the way we invest our economic um, uh, incentive policies, we have we have rationale behind there. And I think we're lacking that that right now. Because if if we did, I, I would imagine that the lens that we I put our eyes through this oh would make absolute sense. We would be able to explain. Uh, I think Ms. Mayfield could attest to this, how many different jobs and many different households will be supported in in different ways because this is creating brand new opportunities uh, really across the economic economic spectrum from very low uh, to very high. And you rarely get um, the opportunity um, to provide that, right? Okay. All right. So first off, not trying to be mean, but... You need a different spokesperson for whatever this thing is. If he's the champion, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, I'm just that's all I'm gonna say. Next up, did you catch the part that just tanked his his campaign? And I found more opportunities here in show business, an easier pathway to show business here in North Carolina. Uh-huh. in Charlotte because yeah. of the way it was growing and, yeah. and the gigs were growing and the ability to build those networks and start to work right now, honestly, based on being a right-to-work state. <laughs> there it is. You're running in the Democrat primary for labor commissioner, and you just credited us as a right-to-work state 
for why you had an easier path to success. He's done. He is done. You're welcome, Democrats. Go take that. Whoever's running again, I don't even know who's running against him in the Labor Commissioner race. Does he even have an opponent at this point? He probably does. But, um, yeah, I don't know how, if you're a Democrat, you you give any kind of credi- uh, credibility to right-to-work status for your success. <laughs> That's just, I applaud the honesty. Because, yes, absolutely, being a right-to-work state did make it easier for you to get gigs. Absolutely. Otherwise, they would have gone to union-tenured positions and uh, entities. Yeah, you'd you'd have to work your way up through a union shop. Mm-hmm. If you were in New York or California or wherever else. True that. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's military surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, so... um Talking about Charlotte City Councilman Braxton Winston, the mayor pro tem, who had you know cleared away everything on his schedule so he could help build consensus and on council couldn't can't serve on any committees after they boosted the pay raise over fifty thousand dollars in salary now for the part time gig, but um he's now looking to become labor commissioner, but he just touted the right to work status in North Carolina as to how he was able to have a successful career. So he says in the, I kid, I kid in the, uh, right. Working in the entertainment industry. Um, I don't know. Maybe you should pay a little bit more attention to the operations, the core services that you're supposed to be in charge of at the city of Charlotte. Just spitballing on this one. Um, Charlotte area transit systems, chief of rail operations. I didn't even know we had one, but we do apparently. Uh, well, not anymore, actually. Well, we have an interim one because the one that we did have that I didn't know we had was placed on administrative leave with pay, which, let's be honest, that's the best kind of leave to have, right? Uh, to have leave with pay. Deltrin Harris oversees the Cats Blue Line light rail as well as the Gold Line streetcar, which have we considered this possibility that maybe... We're asking too much of a mere mortal man. One is a light rail line and the other is a streetcar. These are so different. How can one person, a mere human, be able to oversee both of these kinds of operations? One is a, a light rail line that's a couple miles long. And then the other is a streetcar, which is totally different. And it's only, you know, like a, like a much shorter couple miles. That's it. So different. I'm just throwing that out there as a possibility. It's may, maybe it's not his fault that the streetcar or the, uh, the light rail derailed. 
He's going to keep drawing his salary. He makes $173,000 a year, which, I mean, that's like radio host money. Um, according to the city's salary database, he started in his current role in 2020. Gary Lee is going to be uh, the interim replacement. He previously served in the role and has more than 25 years of experience, according to the cat spokesperson, Brandon Hunter, who, as I understand it, is not an interim replacement. I think I think that person. Right, because there's a lot of interim people leading cats these days. So I'm just pointing this out because I'm I think this guy, I think he's the I think he is a permanent hire for this post. Harris's leave comes a year after a light rail train derailed on the blue line, an incident that was previously undisclosed to the city council and to the public until earlier this year. A former cats employee who worked under Deltrin Harris, who is, you know. Now on the paid leave, um, one of the guys that worked under him is suing the city over this incident. Charlotte Observer's Jenna Contino or Contino, 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 um, she reports that Harris has also been uh, has seen challenges that include three other derailments in the rail yard where passengers were not on board. Right, and this of course goes to the lack of regular maintenance, right? The bearings inside the trucks assembly, which is the trucks of the, that's the sort of like the little platform that holds the wheels is like four wheels or two wheels, whatever on each truck system. And yeah, you're, when you're not greasing the bearings, you're not doing much of anything, right? That, that is a regular maintenance kind of a thing. And they weren't able to keep up with that for whatever reason, the, the former CEO of Cats, John Lewis, he blames the procurement department at the city and the city manager, Marcus Jones. He's blaming the management, the bureaucracy, when they consolidated procurement. They took it out of Cats's control and they took it over to the city. And procurement was run by a guy named Brent Cagle, right? Cagle is now in charge of Cats on an interim basis only. But he's in charge of Cats now, trying to clean up the mess that Lewis says was created by him and his boss, the city manager, who, by the way, has now acknowledged, yeah, actually, I did know about that derailment. Sorry. Yeah, I I said I didn't, but uh, then, yeah, there was a text message apparently that I did get, but I I totally didn't remember getting it. So, yeah, sorry about that. Katz's CEO, sorry, Katz's chief operating officer, the COO, Alan Smith, retired April 1st after being placed on administrative leave with no pay. The former CEO, John Lewis, resigned in November 22, uh, yeah, 2022 after a year of staffing shortages, declining ridership, a shooting into a bus, and reduced ride frequency. The organization's chief financial officer also left last year and has since been replaced by the Charlotte Water chief financial officer, Chad Howell. WBTV was first to report about Deltron Harris's leave of absence with pay. He is the latest in a series of administrators to be placed on leave or depart, but it's not clear why he was placed on leave. Oh, 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 I have a guess. I have a guess. I think I might know why. Skipping ahead 
Timeline of transit troubles. Skipped inspections on light rail bridges and parking garages in 2021. That seems important. I think Ron Tober, the guy who started the you know cats operations for us with the light rail and all that. Ron Tober, he was the he was the cats guy when I was a reporter, and they were they were you know pitching the sales tax and building the what they called the McCrory line, although now it's called the Blue Line. So Pat McCrory was right about that, by the way. Like Pat always said that it, it'll be called the Blue Line because it'll be successful. And nobody will call it the Macquarie Line, but if it's not successful, they'll call it the Macquarie Line. <laughs> so, uh, on March 30th, City Manager Marcus Jones told the media that he found a text message that he missed from John Lewis informing him about the derailment. He said, "Quote: I share this information because it's different from what I initially shared. It was an honest mistake. I just missed it." So, look, that could happen to any of us. Get a lot of text messages. You see one from the cat CEO about a train derailment. You just don't ever open it. It's possible. Maybe you just didn't even see it. Whatever. And then they never spoke of it again. On April 19th, John Lewis gave his first interview to the Observer after his departure, and he alleged that he raised the alarm on the backups that were being caused by the procurement process that Marcus Jones, not reading his text messages, had had moved into the uh, uh, other city departments and said that that is what led to the uh, rail maintenance issues and missed inspections. Now, Brent Cagle and Marcus Jones deny this. Council members told the Observer they would consider Jones's role in the city's transit troubles during his annual review scheduled for late June. So instead of what, like a, like a 12% raise, he might get a 9% raise. Is that what's going to happen? Or are they going to put him on like a double secret probation or something? What? And then there's the story of Terry Creech. He was a former light rail controller and he got fired for the derailment and he is now suing. Good Lord. He's back in Raleigh. All right. All right. Terry Creech, former light rail controller. He is now suing. He is now suing for the derailment in June because he got fired. He says in the lawsuit, he's seeking monetary damages. According to the observer, he's seeking monetary damages and is accusing Katz management of wrongful, hostile termination. The lawsuit also claims that Terry Creech was fired out of retaliation because he reported the derailment. He said he was the only light rail controller working at the time of the 2022 derailment and an unannounced inspection by the state's transportation department revealed that the rail operating control center, a.k.a. The Rock, has sometimes operated with only one controller. Which is bad, especially if you smell what The Rock is cooking. So I've heard. Creech's lawsuit came to light on May 11th, which accused the city of actively concealing public information and evidence related to the derailment. Hmm. Interesting. Might part of that have been a text message? While Katz told the public that the derailment was a system error, or as Brett Winterbull might note, the system failed, it simultaneously accused Creech of committing a safety error. This doesn't look good. 
None of this looks good. I believe it was Ron Tober who said in an interview a couple of weeks back uh, with a media outlet, uh, I forget which one, uh, he said, you know, not doing the kind of maintenance that they were supposed to be doing. Um, he called it criminal. Mm-hmm. Let me see here. This, there's something. Hang on. Got a message here from the Hellion. There is something odd going on with the southbound train prior to the start of Old Pineville Road about 7.30 every morning. Today, the warning arms come down and stay down for about four and a half minutes, and then the train comes by. It used to be far more timely. Maybe it's the slower speed that they are traveling. Oh, that's possible. Yeah, that's possible, because remember, they they were like, well, all of the trains, we haven't packed the bearings with the, the grease, and so... We're just going to run the trains at a slower speed. So maybe that's what's happening. <laughs> uh, oh, I got another message here. Hang on a second. Uh, nice to meet you. I am 30 years old, single, living in the U.S., looking for a real friend. I rarely use Twitter. You can add me on WhatsApp and chat. With- oh, okay. Yeah, what could go wrong there? Um, Do not. Do not friend these people do not click the links this is all this is my public service announcement these are all scams people do not do it just flag them block them mark them as spam report them everything you need to do together we can clean up well probably not but we can make a dent yeah, probably not actually even in that um charlotte city manager marcus jones said that staff is focused on four principles um for the upcoming budget, covering up Katz's misdeeds. No, I'm kidding. He didn't say that. He did not say that. Okay. No, he said they're focused on four principles uh, in the $3.3 billion budget. Council priorities, well-managed government, supporting employees, and investing in residents. Well, who could be opposed to any of those four things? And by the way, aren't all four of those things kind of core missions? Isn't that what you should be doing? But they're general enough categories too where you could just like shoehorn anything into that like even a tennis project right maintenance on light rail trains that you haven't been keeping up with maybe a new stadium for the panthers i don't know jones says that the city won't need to tap into reserve funds and no city employee layoffs uh, will be necessary uh they are uh the He's looking at a revenue-neutral rate, but that does not mean your taxes are going down or staying the same. They're going up, okay? Property taxes are going up. That is going to happen. 90% of homeowners in city limits are going to pay more because while the rate is dropping, the value of your home has gone up, according to the uh, assessors. And so your property is worth more, so they're going to drop the rate, but it means even with a lower rate, you're going to pay more in real dollars in order to pay for other people to get pay raises, which I'm sure you got. Come on. You, I'm sure you got pay raises of, you know, 6% at least or maybe 8% that some of the other employees are getting or. Yeah. What? It's public service, people. This is service. I don't know why people have such questions. Hey. Have you heard San Francisco's in a doom loop? <laughs> we'll give you details on that. I don't mean to laugh at their problems, but I just find the term to be kind of comical. 
All right, up next. All right, hey, real quick. It is estimated that more than 6 million Americans have Alzheimer's. It affected my family. My grandpa had it. New research and treatments are showing promise, but there's still a long way to go. So can you help me by supporting the Alzheimer's Association's Western Carolina chapter? The Family Dance Party Charlotte's on June 10th from 1 o'clock until 5 o'clock. It's at the Roxbury Nightclub in Uptown Charlotte. Go to Mix1079.com and get tickets and come bust a move on the dance floor or donate tickets to a family that's battling the disease. The Family Dance Party is presented by Jameson Realty. Again, if you can help us out, I appreciate it. Go to Mix1079.com and thank you for considering the request.